What up, everybody? Episode 72 of the Rolling and Rambling podcast. Today, I want to talk a little bit about perception. Not specifically in terms of, you know, perception is reality and all those types of cliches that we hear nowadays. I'm simply talking about the idea of the way I perceive things has been, in a lot of cases, wrong over the last few years. And it's not even about being right or wrong. It's necessarily just understanding that my perception of something or the way I view something uh, could have been the big reason why I did a lot of stuff the way that I did it. I talked yesterday about, you know, in the future here, I'm going to end up having a, a bit of work to do with um, the local disability resource center and building some material out and different things. I'll give you details when I know them all and all the different things that go along with it. But the point of that is I haven't really done anything disability related since I used to play basketball and rugby. And I just saw at one point I had my uh, level one coaching certification. Uh, I had started that, I think, with a level one technical. Um, and there's two or three sections to to the coaching that you needed and I had the one piece of the level one that you needed and uh, never pursued it from there. And then I do a little bit of work with the Rad Society, which is uh, my friend's charity who helps. It's called the, well, I think she just, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's called the, uh, has something to do with like recreational adaptive. I can't never remember what Rad stands for and I could look it up. Uh, if I wanted to, but right now I don't. I'm over here, over by my table, and the computer is a good two or three rolls in front of me, so I'm just not going to go there at the moment. And that was me taking a lovely sip of Coca-Cola, guilt-free, because I exercised today at the physiotherapist. I felt like having a, having a Coca-Cola. So, anyway, so... Other than the Rad Society, I really haven't done much disabled sport or disabled inclusion stuff in quite some time. And I talk a lot about racing and a lot about cars. And I realized today that the reason I talk a lot about cars is because it is my passion. And you know what? came from dad and he helped with a lot of the stuff and you know he put that bug in me he, to he told me about car car types and, and car sizes and uh you know and and what's a sedan and two two-door post and convertible and how to tell the difference between a 67 and a 68 camaro um, for the noobs out there uh if you do want to sound fancy and be able to tell the difference 67 Camaro has a vent window, 
the little triangular window in right in front of the both passenger side and driver side door windows. There's a little uh, triangular looking vent window that you would open up and get some air long before the days of uh, AC as far as in standardized. AC is pretty much in everything now. But they had vent windows to get some airflow going on. And that's how you tell the difference. 68, no vent windows, 67 vent windows. There you go. But anyway, back to my point. Dad put the bug in me as far as liking cars at a very, very young age. So I like cars. But the other reason that I don't talk about a ton unless it's sort of brought up is the reason why I like cars and driving way more than just a passion for for vehicles. When I hop out of my wheelchair, pull everything into the car, turn the key, and drive away, yes, I have to drive with hand controls, but once I'm driving, I'm free. I'm not disabled. I'm not in a wheelchair. I'm not navigating those types of things. I'm simply just a guy going for a drive. And... That has a lot more impact than most people would think. I really believe that. It's not just about, you know, oh, the fact that you get a license when you're a kid. Because that's important for a lot of people. They don't, some people don't seem to care like about that as much as we used to because it's not as much of a symbol of, you know, the, your sort of first step to adulthood. It used to be like license, vote, then you could drink and go to Vegas or whatever, right? Because the ages, it was, you know. Um, 16 used to be well graduated license a little harder but 16 to drive 18 to vote 19 to drink 21 to go to Vegas so there were very very clear defined things that people wanted to get to on the path to being an adult but for me it was so much more than that it was just a way for me to connect with people and have something that wasn't disability related that I could do, especially racing, right? Like I just got in my car. I started drag racing with the high school program back in 1999, 2000, I think 2000. I think I only did it for one year before I got into it on my own. Started hot rodding the car. And long story short, I have a huge addiction and a, a trophy of that addiction, which is all the money that I spent on the car and how fast it goes. So, I was thinking about the perception of of those types of things. And then I think about Aikido, the fact that I've done Aikido for a long time. And, you know, I grew up watching Steven Seagal movies, and it just so happened that I always wanted to do some sort of martial art move, some sort of martial arts. And karate was what a lot of my friends were in, so I wanted to do karate. Couldn't really do it. There's lots of kicking and stuff in karate. And it turns out, whether it was planned or not, I was a huge Steven Seagal fan. And he's Mr. Aikido, and I ended up doing that. And it ended up being becoming the most realistic martial art for me to do because it's so adaptable. But not adaptable just because I'm in a wheelchair. It's adaptable to everyone's skill level. It's much more about working with your, your partner or your uke, taking a ukemi. And it's not so much about how much you can kick someone's butt. It's simply about connecting energy and, and trying to make small movements affect big things or affect someone in a big way. So small movement 
affecting someone else in a big way. It's very, very interesting. But it is not a disabled sport either. So you've got drag racing, not a disabled sport. It's just a sport. You have Aikido, not a disabled sport. It's just a sport or martial art. Now, I used to think it was some sort of coincidence that those two things were were in my life just because I liked them. And I mentioned it a while back to one of my senses. I said, it's adaptive for everybody. It's not a disabled sport. It just is something that I can do. And then I realized that oftentimes I think I gravitate away from a lot of things to do with people with disabilities just because I feel like sometimes it accentuates my own disability and things that I can or cannot do. And for a lot of years, I didn't want to necessarily accentuate those things. I didn't want to think about them as much. I didn't want to feel as disabled sometimes. But now as I get older, I realize with this new opportunity... And with other opportunities, I actually have an opportunity to help advance people with disabilities and, and help them grow and and educate them. And the things that I previously said about the last five years on the uh, Accessibility Working Group Committee with the City of Victoria were a complete and utter waste of time. And I know I've said that in the past lots, and... You know, and then a couple of days ago, I sort of mentioned that everything kind of happens for a reason, the whole cause and effect of the last episode. And now, again, my perception changed. So, that all of a sudden, I don't know, so know if, if, if again, obviously, they always say perception is reality, but my perception of my time on the committee changed once I realized that I have an opportunity to affect change. If I hadn't had the time on the committee, I wouldn't have been so qualified for the thing that's coming up and other things that are, are related. The fact that even before all this, I was going to start my own workshop and I had one lined up with one of the municipalities and then COVID hit and different things. I was going to do a, do like a, 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 like a workshop that was sort of helped change people's perception of what it was like to first-hand experience disabilities. And I had the whole thing planned out and had it all lined up and then COVID hit. But if I hadn't have had the accessibility committee stuff, if I hadn't had all the things that happened with wheelchair sport, if I hadn't had Toastmasters, which had nothing to do with disabilities, if I hadn't had all of those things, I wouldn't be where I am. And definitely, if I hadn't had all that stuff and had the, um, for lack of a better term, negative experience with the accessibility working group with the committee on the city, I might not have such a craving or a, or a want to help others not have to deal with that. Like It used to be that I didn't want to be around a lot of people with disabilities because I didn't want to play the game of one-upsmanship, whose disability is worse. And that still happens quite a bit. You think it happens a lot with people that people complain about things and you complain about soreness or you complain about your job or you complain about this and that. And there are people around that will just 
try and out complain. Like they'll just try and play a game of one upsmanship just bitching. But I always sort of felt that a lot of people with disabilities they took that to another level. And for me, I think that that's what a, a sort of drove me away from competitive sport with people with disabilities for a long time and doing things with other people with disabilities just because I felt there was this, not always a competitiveness, but there was always this anger and this angst or this sort of weird vibe or not so much negative energy, but there it was just something that was weird about some people and their disability and the things they had to deal with. And it's very hard to stay positive and do the things I want to do while going through that. But then I was listening to uh, Jordan Peterson's podcast again today, and uh, one of the episodes he had Jocko Wilnick on, and you know he talked about the whole sort of realm of clinical psychologists believe that, you know, hearing war stories and tragedies and going through those experiences on a voluntary basis help you have appreciation for the things that you have. For instance, it helps you with gratitude because you have this level of understanding like, hey, I don't have that. Even I heard one story of a guy that Jocko was talking about that was in, uh, in he got caught in the in the uh, in the war, and I think he was in, I think he was in, oh, what was it? He might have been in South Korea, I believe, and then had to get to North Korea because everybody thinks that North Korea was worse. But South Korea, he was, he had to go through the jungle to get to North Korea. I think it, it is, if I've got my my description correct, and he was in a two foot by two foot bamboo cage and he was trying to get some sleep and his legs were shackled and he he couldn't sleep because the rats were gnawing at the wounds on his legs and Jocko was talking about how he realized how resilient someone was if they can come back from that and still live a life and still be positive and they went through that lots of things are possible for human beings so hearing that story, Jordan sort of then mentioned, you know, it, it puts perspective in the fact that you're in a warm bed in an air-conditioned place with all the things that you have, like is life really that bad? And the fact that you can voluntarily experience hearing stories about that so it increases your gratitude and it, it increases your awareness of other things that are happening and I'm paraphrasing because you can, you can listen to the whole episode. I'm not trying to give you the whole thing for free, but um, not that you have to pay for it. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to give you the whole recap. I've only listened to part of it on, on the drive to my physiotherapy appointment. But it, it makes sense in terms of, I think, why I always wanted to have a conversation about people's perception. When I used to, I used to actually work... Uh, I, did, I used to do some presentations for the Pacific Design Academy, and they had a um, like an urban design class. I think it was, maybe it was uh, like a almost like a like an interior design class kind of thing. And I got to assign them an assignment, and so I had them look at 
places they usually go, but look at them at a lens as if they were in a wheelchair. Because that's my, it's my realm. My realm is a disability within a wheelchair. You know, in a wheelchair. Whereas, you know, I understand that there are a lot of cross-competing abilities with people with disabilities. For instance, someone who has a visual impairment or someone who is blind, fully blind, they need tactile feedback and they need a bump on a curb whereas someone with a, with a wheelchair wants to roll right up a flat curb. So our needs as people with disabilities intersect. But I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't had a conversation and had some of her experience just by just by listening to her stories. Now, it's always going to be better if I could obviously blindfold myself and go through that process, but I'm already in a wheelchair, so blindfold myself and trying to wheel down the street probably would be even sketchier, and I don't know if I would be able to get the same out of it because I wouldn't have the sort of feet to touch things with and be able to walk with the stick. I don't know what I would get, but I, I can get some of it because of what she talked about. And that's ultimately what I wanted to do with my workshops. And that's ultimately a little bit of what I want to do when I put this material together for this other project. And started to think when they were talking about people voluntarily listening to information to get insight into, into other people's struggles or or issues, or things like that, you know, because Jocko's podcast is very long, there's a lot of dark content, a lot of times he reads from war books and things, and it's just what he does, I don't listen to his podcast, because I'm, I don't really like that kind of stuff, I was never a war movie guy anyway, like, I just didn't find it interesting, I think it was because there wasn't somebody leaping through the air, and trying to, like, double flip kick someone's head off, like, in a, in a, Van Damme movie or, you know, some sort of dubbed out, like, martial arts ninja movie or kung fu movie. I'm being legit. I think that's why I probably didn't like it as much. But there is something to be said for realizing that we're in a really good place right now, especially with the current pandemic. I mean, everyone's bitching about all the restrictions and things like that. But look at the restrictions that someone has to go through if they have a child with a disability or if they have an autoimmune disorder or if they have like a disability where they they can't see very well or in my case you know in a wheelchair there's lots of things you can think about and if you take a moment and sit down to actually think about what it would be like to be somebody in a wheelchair or be somebody that who that that has low vision or maybe is fully blind or or what if they have an autoimmune disorder and they can't like, like, I think about my ex-girlfriend who was celiac. Like, she did very well, and there was lots of things that, that she she made up for it, but, like, and I guess if, if, it, if something makes you sick to the point where you can't deal with it, you don't want that thing. But I just, I have such a, a weird feeling in me about the idea that I couldn't have bread anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love bread. I love I love even just getting a slice and putting some butter on it and munching that before I go to bed. Or a bun, like a nice hot bun with butter. Or even just a, a regular bun, but fresh baked bun. French bread. 
cookies, you know, that aren't gluten gluten free. Regular crackers, you know, things like that. Uh, luckily, potatoes, chips, and stuff aren't aren't uh, aren't don't have gluten in them. Uh, some of them do. Weirdly enough, uh, some salt and vinegar chips do, even if the plain version of that same person, i.e., Miss Vicky's chips, there's gluten in it. But the point I close with is perception is very important. And perception, I guess, uh, I'll, I'll retract my previous statement from the beginning of the podcast, that I guess perception is reality, but perception can be adjusted, and it can be adjusted through experience. So next time you're harshing on someone, or you're yelling at them, or you're getting pissed off at whatever they're doing, think about what they're going through, especially if they have some sort of uh, issue that you know about. Think about this. There are a lot of people out there with with invisible disabilities, and I'm not talking about you know, whether you want to get into, into depression or anxiety and call that a disability, because for some people it's debilitating. I'm not taking anything away of that. But like fibromyalgia, celiac, uh, or early onset of MS. Like there's a lot of things that people don't physically see because it's not as obvious as a wheelchair or or something you know like autism even autism autism you can't see a lot of and you just think somebody is just a rude person or they have poor social skills but they could be autistic you don't you don't know about what someone has like there's a lot of there's a lot of invisible barriers that people deal with and just try even without knowing someone that has a disability Think about it. And I'll use the example of the wheelchair because it's easy for me to think about. Next time you go into your coffee shop to grab your mobile order, or the one that you ordered online, or you go into the restaurant to grab your food because you didn't want to cook, think about how hard it would be for an elderly person on a walker or somebody with a stroller and a kid or somebody with a wheelchair to open this door and roll in and get their stuff. How easy would it be to navigate? Do they make the place where you pay for your food and pick up your food? Is it accessible or is it some crazy high table? And then think back to before you were before the pandemic and think about how often did you sit at a high stool and sit at a high table and not have to think about it? You know? How often did you just dart across the street because you didn't see any cars coming, but yet someone who has a visual impairment or is fully blind, they still have to wait for the audible sound and some crosswalks don't have it and then now with electric cars and things you don't have auditory feedback to know if a car is coming think about things like that and let me know what you come up with email me at steve at stevebertrand.ca and let me know what's going on i'd love to hear everybody's opinion and this has been episode 72 of the rolling and rambling podcast